mystic art of political predictions. For time immemorial, predicting election results has been a secret, vague, and also wholly inaccurate occupation of strategists, political scientists, journalists, and the dark arts that reside within the mysterious and often covert polling activities. Not that we're pointing fingers at anyone. As our brave conquistadors in Dublin Bay South look to the horizon of July 8th, Utilising all of the spooky tools in their moon and star-covered chest of tricks, we are turning to another ancient method of assessment, prediction and foretelling. That's right, it's time to beckon the tarot towards the alternative universe that is Dublin City's south side to see if we can extract an even more insightful assessment of what scenarios await in the final stretch of campaigning for this knife-edge by-election. Welcome to the United Ireland's Dublin Bay South by-election podcast Bonanza's tarot reading. This is the United Ireland Dublin Bay South by-election podcast Bonanza. Welcome to the battle for the South Side. To Klonsky and beyond Lorcan. 32 counties. United by people. Uh, my name is Una. And my name is Andrea. And this is our second instalment of the United Ireland Dublin Bay South by-election special Bonanza. podcast Bonanza coverage thing. What's coming up week this week? On United Ireland, we go under the hood of issues in Ireland beyond the headlines, bringing you smart people who know what they're talking about, sometimes maybe going a little bit alternative in what we do. <laughs> For the next month, we are honing in on the election of the century slash year. Um, and every week, we're going to bring you some news. We're going to bring you campaign trail news, the biggest clangers, the worst social media activations, the most pedantic controversies, and the best bits of an election campaign that we're absolutely bet into. But this week is slightly different. Why is that in a... Well, we're also bringing you the 32 questions uh, episodes with all of the candidates and you can listen on our, wherever you listen to your podcast, to one with Lynn Boylan so far and Sarah Durkin. Yes, and another one coming on Friday. Another one coming on Friday. Well, this week we just decided as we continue to set the scene for the battleground, we're people who we paddle our own canoe, we mount our own motorbike we um, just do things our way. And so this week when we're discussing uh, how to actually dig into insightful political predictions, we thought we'd turn to the tarot to tell us who will win the by-election. That's right. As our candidates try to manifest a victory, we're looking to the cards, which makes as much sense, if not a lot more, to be honest, as any other political predictions or analysis does. Uh, so this week for our episode, we are going to be joined by the amazing novelist, zine maker and tarot reader extraordinaire, Sarah Maria Griffin. And we are going to see if the tarot can unlock and point to the destiny of our candidates. Are you excited? I am fizzing. Like, I I just think this is where where we're meant to be in a, if If we're going to talk politics, we're going to talk it in a tarot way. agree. Of course, this podcast runs entirely on the fuel generated from Patreon. Go over to patreon.com forward slash United Ireland. And instead of drawing a card, draw your bank card out of your wallet and put the digits in. And for $3 a month, you can help fund this podcast. If you want this kind of uh, insightful avant-garde, experimental, esoteric, political analysis, then I think you need to do that. But for now, settle in, turn down the lights, burn some incense, ring that meditation bell and bring forth the magic 
of the tarot. So Sarah Maria Griffin is a novelist, a poet. She's a brilliant zine maker, all around buzzer. She's also the author of Spare and Found Parts. Amazing book and other words for smoke. She's also an incredible reader and interpreter of the tarot. And in a world where political predictions often draw their signs from the inner workings of party politics itself, we are gravitating a little bit further from that to a different energy field to see what the tarot can tell us about this by-election. We told you our coverage will be different. So here it is. Welcome, the Griffmeister. Hi, how's it going? I'm delighted to be here. We're delighted to have you for this future uh, treat of the the futures in the tarot. And as we look at the constituency, but how are you and uh, what are you working on right now, apart from foretelling how this by-election is going to go? I'm holding pretty steady, you know, in the sort of the late late stage COVID hush is what I keep calling it, you know, fall, falling into a nice routine and I'm tipping away at my next novel uh, gradually, word by word, uh, very gradually. I feel like a lot of people's creative uh, vibe was thrown off pretty heavily by COVID and I'm definitely among them. So mm. I'm still sending zines out to people every month and still slowly building a next book. But um, otherwise, I'm just trying to enjoy living out in the mountains and um taking things slowly for once. Good woman. What's your background with the tarot? So I've been reading the tarot since I was 15. Um, I got a deck of cards from a friend for my birthday and uh, they were Brian Froud's cards. So the, he was the designer of like uh, Labyrinth and um, some other Henson movies. So I totally loved them. Just I just loved looking at them and loved going through them. And Uh, Over my teens, I gradually started collecting other decks from little shops from bookshops from like Dervish, you know, from different shops in Dublin that you could find them. uh, Yellow Brick Road, I think, used to sell them. They they were hard to come by, but they felt very special. But it it wasn't until my late teens and 20s that I learned how to properly read them. Um, And uh, I think over my 20s, I went in and out of different phases with them because the the tarot is a really handy party trick. It's a really, really simple thing to pull out at, a, at a, a session or a dinner party out of your bag and be like, all right, lads, who wants their future told? It's an icebreaker. Like it comes from a parlor game. So that was something that I used it for for a long time. It's a great way to put somebody at ease if somebody comes to you and is talking about like going through a breakup. It's a, it's a handy way to move through a conversation from a different perspective. They're just something I've always had around. Um, and it wasn't until I was writing my most recent novel, Spare and Found, uh, sorry, Other Words for Smoke, which is about the tarot, um, that I went and I did some very, very serious homework and became effectively completely fluent in reading the story of the tarot. Um, so the tarot is 78 cards. It's made up of two different pieces, the major arcana and the minor, uh, the ma- major arcana and the minor arcana. And the major arcana is all the big cards that you might kind of know from pop culture and things like that. Like the sun, the moon, death, the hanged man, all the big dramatic ones is the major arcana. And the minor arcana is the other uh, 50, uh, 56 cards, which ref- they're, they're kind of like a deck of playing cards almost. They come in four suites and they cover, they show images that cover the day to day you know, ordinary life, small dramas, small heartbreaks. So combined, the major arcana and the minor arcana show a pretty good picture of what anybody's life could be at at any time at all. So it's just one big story for us to kind of look through and reflect our own lives back on. I don't feel, I don't feel like a deck of cards is a magical object, but I do feel like stories help us get a bit of perspective on where we are. So when I read for people, the first thing I always say is I promise I'm not, I'm not a psychic and I can't tell you the future, but I do know this story very well. And this story is uh, very old and has worked for a very long time at giving people a bit of distance from their own lives to look back in and maybe learn something new. In a way, elections are kind of tarot-like because they reflect all these different kind of stories and dramas and predictors of where we're going to go or how Mm. we may fall back or mistakes we might make and things like that. So 
while people may think that we're kind of going out on a limb here, there is a weird uh, symmetry. And of course, um, political predicting is is as, you know, can can just come from anywhere. It can come from people, individual journalist hunches or or biases and things like that. So actually, the tarot is probably a much fairer and more logical route to take. Tell us what you're you're going to do in this reading. So what I'm going to do is, first of all, I'm going to pull a single card for each of the candidates um, for the upcoming by-election. And we're going to have a look and see what that might say about their, I would like to say, intention. Because I don't know these people personally. I'm not going to sit here making um, (laughs) any further observations that I already do about their their character. But I do think that their intention is interesting. So Tarot for me is all about intention and about what people put into the world, what they intend to do. So that's what I would like, the angle I would like to read these cards on. Now, I'm sure they'll... I, I, I feel like there's a high chance they'll probably show us something at least once. It's pretty funny. But at the same time, I think intention is the best road to go down. And when, once we've had a look at the sort of the scope of, of intention and the scope of character that we're going through, then uh, I will pull us a very simple three card reading, which asks where we are now, where we're going to be next and where we're going to be after that, because it's always important to have an eye on the on the future. Mm. And have you been paying any attention at all to this by-election, by the way? Little by little, I'm kind of keeping an eye out of the election videos. I'm always interested in, in seeing the framing of different politicians and the selective, um, I guess, uh, pivots towards um, like trendiness and coolness uh, while leaving previously um, less uh, radical views in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm always watching to see what women in politics are doing um, quietly generally because I'm um ah because I don't trust him man it's all you know <laughs> it's panto like it's all panto so I'm, I'm watching as though I'm in the panto waiting to see you know who's behind me so uh, we'll see okay well let's kick off with our first uh reading okay. uh, our first candidate is Claire Byrne from the Green Party audio shuffle there for you <laughs> give them a shuffle see what the crack is this is a very old deck um i've used it many many times hopefully it'll have something interesting for me all right oh her card is the ten of cups mm. so the ten of cups is a really idealistic really uh, joyful card um, in the image <laughs> you, there's quite literally a rainbow above a couple and two children a small house and their land and across the rainbow are the ten cups so the suite of cups in the tarot there are four suites like I said like you know a regular playing card deck has like the the hearts the diamonds the spades and the the, the jacks uh, or the clubs Um the tarot has something like that too. And the cups represent emotion and love. So the Ten of Cups is quite literally a bountiful, overflowing, complete state of emotional happiness. Um, it's very idyllic. And when I pull this for people in a personal capacity, something I always note is, you know, this looks, this looks pretty seriously rosy, but who is missing from this image? if you have all of this bounty and all of this fullness, what parts of your community are you not sharing it with? There is room enough for everybody. If you have 10 cups, there is room enough for everybody is the, the advice or the, the, I like to end every tarot reading with a question for the querent themselves. I, cause I don't believe the tarot provides answers. I believe it provides more scope for questions. So for me, when I look at a gorgeous bountiful card like the Ten of Cups. My question is always, who is missing from this picture? And this would chime a lot with Claire's, uh, her whole thing, right? Which is about, I think it's community, city living. Claire, uh, making Dublin work. Mm. Rethink Dublin. Mm. Very idealistic. Like it's, it's, and it's a very, it's a very, um, 
The 10 comes at the end of the minor arcana cycles. So it's a card of completion, which denotes that there's, this isn't a card of, about a be- an absolute beginner, somebody who's at the start of their journey. It's somebody who feels as though they have already hit a certain capacity. So that could speak to um, confidence even, or experience. Or the know. Greens in government. Yeah, <laughs> totally done, like at capacity. Yeah, so that's the... That's a very, that's a, that's a warm card to start out on. Mm. That's warm, but I am never a hundred percent trustful when I see just, oh, look at all these people dancing under this rainbow. They're having such a great time. Everything's fine. Now, is that you or is that the tarot's interpretation? That's mine as an all-time reader is that I never want to give anyone a hundred percent good news because then, I don't know. Then are you, is there ever a hundred percent good news? No. Yes. So. Oh my God. Jeannie <laughs> Mackers. I know, I know. <laughs> a big difference between myself and Andrea right there. Okay, what's, what's next, Andrea? Ivana Bacic, Labour. Ivana Peter. Let's have a look. Give another shuffle. For sound effects, mostly. <laughs> it's really happening. We haven't pre-picked these cards, just FYI. Okay, this is an interesting one. Um, judgment. Ooh. So... Do you remember how I said earlier that there's like two stories in the tarot that make one the major arcana and the minor arcana? This is a card from the major arcana, which means it's a little bit more um, intense, say, than uh, some of the other cards. It depicts um, an angel on the horizon playing uh, like a horn and from the ground below them. um, I I don't know if you can see this, but that's people raising from their graves. Um, it's just a really, really intense fucking card. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The major arcana goes extremely hard and tends to not spare the. So spare this the is ju- this is judgment judgment day. day. This is judgment day. People are judging her, or she's having her day, or her day is arriving. What are the people? This is it. Yeah. So. There, there is a there way ex-Labour voters coming out of the grave. <laughs> yeah, that this short, that, that Ivana Bacic and her short hair could be, could correspond quite tightly with the angel here, you know, like there's like an aesthetic kind of link. But I don't, I do think what this means usually is that um, all that is buried will rise again. And uh, you can't put things under the ground without expecting them to come back up. Uh, nothing, nothing stays below ground. And, you know, the, the wee dead people here in the card are pretty happy to see the angel. They're set, look, they're delighted. They've got their arms open. They're like, yes, we're delighted, you know. Um, they're welcoming him down. But largely what this card means is a time of seismic change and seismic reckoning. So this could if you be don't come back... Comeback. It could it could be Labour's comeback. It could be it could it could be a close it could be a close call, and uh, the the voters who Batik is seeking to reach might be like, no way, man. We remember you. You know, like there's it it could mean any number of things, but because it's a major arcana card, I would pay attention to it. Mm. A card like that in a spread, if you compare it, say for example, with the sort of sweetness of the Ten of Cups, is a more serious image. Much more intense. It's a it's loud. The my friend Deirdre Sullivan is a novelist and a tarot reader, and she says that if the tarot was a page of text, the major arcana would be all in bold. So you have like the the major arcana demands to be paid attention to. So that's an interesting um, an interesting angle, I think, for for Patrick. Yeah, Andrea, what's up? James Gagan, Finnegal. All right, let's see. My wee dog is here at my feet looking up at me kind of confusedly. I love it. She's being wonderful and not contrib- she often contributes to podcasts that I'm on by giving a small woof. So I'm <laughs> delighted that she's just listening today. What's her name? Uh, Weaver. Weaver. Like Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> All right. James Gagan, let's see. Oh, wow. Okay. This is really interesting. Um, uh, do you remember how we just got the Ten of Cups a second yeah. ago? Yeah. James Gagan has just gotten the Nine of Cups, mm. which is the card before the Ten, obviously, but it's very, very different. So I'll hold it up and I'll show you. And this is a card about smugness. 
Wow. So it's like a dude in a red beret. Mm-hmm. With his arms crossed and his legs fun- open. Funky looking pants. Absolutely delighted with himself. Sitting in front of a greeny, bluey wall of a bounty of cups. Which yeah. to me, that looks like a mirror image of like one of James Gagan's social media photos of like <laughs> all of the ministers like around him canvassing for him. Massive. That's so su- weird. It's so weird. So weird. Like massive support behind this person. Wow. That is wild. Look, look at his face. Can you see it? It's, the illustrations are done by a woman called Pamela or Pixie Coleman Smith. And she gets sort of written out of the story of Tarot in the way many women of colour and queer women do get written out of different stories in, in the world. But the, the illustrations that are so iconic um, are from Pamela Coleman Smith and her faces are, while often quite small, are brilliant. Look at his horrible little face. <laughs> the person he's in the all, card. The person he's, in the all, card. he's all flushed and red, you know. Um, we'll put, we'll, can we put used pictures to show... Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll yeah, we'll, yeah. I'm taking them down, so we'll show we'll show them okay. to uh, to our listeners. Yeah, and I'll take a picture at the end of the full spread um, right. to send over as well. Um, so that card, what I noted about the ten of cups, which is about sharing your bounty, is a direct continuation from the nine of cups, who is somebody surrounded by everything they ever wanted, but they are alone. And they are delighted with themselves, but they are, and on first glance, you might think this guy's got everything. But looking closer, the expression on his face is not a kind one. Wow. So, yeah. That's, that's a deep, deep card. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a tricky one because you look at, you think, oh, that looks great. Look at all the stuff he has. But if you don't look closely enough, you'll miss the expression of self-satisfaction. And you always have to notice who is, on, who is in the image. And that is a person who is alone. So who's next up, Andrea? Uh, Deirdre Conroy, King of Fall. Tara's doing pretty well so far. It's so weird. It is it is a weird thing. Yeah. Like, are we projecting on like it just we are. We absolutely are. But it's projecting back at us as well. We're in a conversation with it is how I always describe it. Like it's telling us things and we're telling it things back. It's it's a story that moves both ways. Um, And that, I think, is really the magic of it, you know, like that we can we can put stuff into it and it gives it back. So for Deirdre Connery. Yeah. Oh, wow. The Knight of Pentacles. This is different again. Mm. So that's got like a knight on a horse and mm-hmm. with a star, big pentacle. Yeah. So pentacles, as I mentioned earlier, cups are the suite of of uh, of cards in the tarot that represent emotion and love. Um, pentacles represent politely the material realm and earthly objects, but honestly, like money, um, <laughs> they represent cash. Um, and um, there are four knights in the tarot, one for each suite, one for cups, one for wands, one for um, swords and one for pentacles. And the knight always sort of brings the same thing, which is energy, uh, excitement, inexperience, is enthusiastic, but is not like, say, a king or a queen, which is later up the suite. Um but brings a brings good news generally. And every knight has a different posture and holds themselves differently on their horse. And the poor knight of pentacles is the most serious of them all. You know, if I was reading for a friend and a knight came up, like that brings good news. Sometimes it brings romantic news even, you know, like the knight of cups or the knight of wands is sort of rolling in on their steed with their arms up and they're like, yeah, it's ready to party. But the knight of pentacles is sitting very still and it's very serious. And um, their horse is black. Their eyes are fixed on the distance. They're not looking out towards us. They're not looking out of the frame. They're looking on into their own future and they're holding this golden coin, which is an investment. I mean, the fact that this is a, a image of a person on a horse when the entire controversy around um, Deirdre Conroy's skiing accident was kind of usurped by an image being released of her on a horse. No way. <laughs> um, in, in 2019, which she was saying, you know, is the first time she'd been back on a horse since her accident when she fractured her hip. 
Well, could not be a more literal <laughs> reflection. The card is literally a person sitting on a horse. <laughs> and they are in armor as well. They're completely covered in armor. They're protected. They have a helmet. They have um, like uh, all the knights wear different clothing, but this one is like ready for battle. They're ready to, they're protected heavily. Um, and they come bearing a financial promise. But here's the thing with all of with all of the knights is that they haven't they can bring you the start of something but the night isn't the end of the story the night's only the beginning of the story when the night shows up they're not here to rescue you or whisk you away they're here to start something but whether or not they can finish it we don't get to know what could the start be the modernization of Fianna Fáil yeah Certainly austerity, you know, like who I don't, I don't like start of it like, as if we we're not already there, but you know what I mean? Um, mm. There's a, uh, the financial aspect of this is interesting to me mm. because the Knight of Pentacles brings investment, but for whom? Like they have um, a wealth to them, but who is that? Is that for, who is that for? I'm, I'm interested in this. Also, Sometimes you can get quite literal with the tarot. They are sitting on a dark horse. <laughs> you know, the other horses the knights have are like white steeds, you know, but this one is a dark horse. Maybe so it's, quite, maybe it's quite Jim O'Callaghan. Maybe the card is actually Jim O'Callaghan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, that's, that's uh, absolutely, this is, I'm getting like freaky, like, the, of course I'm a very literal person. So when I see yeah. things that are, that are, um, I've, I struggle sometimes to like dig into the more um, esoteric or metaphorical interpretations. But um, for the benefit of this, the fact that it's literally serving up images of the card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty on the nose. And I think the liter- the tarot is handy because every car- every image has so many details in it. So we can start with the literal and allow that to give way, you know? Right. So uh, who's our next our next pal? Bridget Purcell, People Before Profit. All right. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go on. Go on. This is the devil. Oh. Um, but don't jump to conclusions. I just did. <laughs> I know it's pretty gnarly, right? It's it's not it's a uh, it's one of those cards that when it shows up in a reading like death or the hangman, where you know it's it's pretty upfront in in what it has to say. Mm-hmm. But what the card actually means, especially in context, is very different from what we what we might be looking at when we look at this card. Uh, okay. It is, in fact, in the details that this card really tells us what it means. So. This card, I kind of, I like when it shows up because it's a pretty serious, like judgment, it's a pretty serious moment in the story of the tarot. Mm. Um, The devil is actually about commitment at all cost and sometimes at immense cost. Um, In the image we see (laughs) like quite literally a horned beast with wings sitting on top of a box, which is something that people don't often see at first because they're so overwhelmed by the, you know, the enormous pentagram on his forehead and the fact that he almost looks like a kind of a cartoon iteration of a demon. And at the box are chained two people, um, a female figure and a male figure uh, who are effectively, there's a lot of biblical imagery in here meant to represent Adam and Eve. And they are chained to the box uh, and thus to the devil who is holding his hands in the, my favorite detail of the tarot is again and again, we see figures holding their hands one up and one down, which you see in a lot of Renaissance art, which um, means um, as above, so below, which means the things that are above us are connected to the things that are below us. So this is a pretty cool card. Um, Even though it gives off mad Black Sabbath vibes at first. Well, it's definitely the reddest card potentially that you could get, is it? Oh boy, it sure is. It's about sub. It's about subversion. It's about um, the the untold. It's about rebellion. 
it is also about addiction and about being trapped. And I'm interested in what that might reflect for, I guess, Ireland's perspective on change is how I would look at it. Yeah, or socialism. Socialism, right? That people might not be able to respond to a socialist, a a really brilliant socialist leader um, who like... that from what I can from what I can gather um, from the campaign material that I've seen of hers, um, I think that she might that this might be speaking to a um, a sort of a harem scarum type situation where she the Irish public might look and might not see something that they're familiar with, but they can't look closely look closely into it behind us. Yeah. That we're already that what we're actually chained to here is a very predictable cycle of um, what we expect of politics, politics. because we can't see any anything socialist or anything that protects people and workers as anything more than the devil's work. You know, that's what that's how I would take it. Mm. I don't. I look at that card uh, for her in particular and I don't think, oh, she must be a devil because that's not how the storytelling works. That's not how the, that's not how any of these these pieces of storytelling have worked largely, except for being pretty unfair to James Gagan, I guess, with the Nine of Cups. But, you know, when it's, when it's pretty, it's a pretty. Um, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I think it's dramatic, you know, it's neither good nor bad, like judgment. I don't think that there's any good or bad big moments of the tarot. But I do think about the chains in this image and about commitment because that's what this card is really about. It's about being committed to things. Committed to a cause could be. Yeah. And even if that cause might look to the rest of the world, um, kind of scary. Fascinating. So it might not be a glamorous one for her, but I think she's... I think she's chained to it, you know, and I, I, I respect it. <laughs> so I respect it. I like when he shows up, he, he makes things a little, he makes things a little, um, a little heightened. You can't come back from him either. You know, like when he shows up in a reading, he sort of tends to govern the tone. Mm. If Lil Nas X taught us anything. <laughs> right. Okay, Andrea. Uh, next up, we have uh, Social Democrats, uh, Sarah Jerkin. Sarah Jack can work with the Science Gallery, am I thinking? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got canvassed by her once when I lived in um, Bend. All right. All right. Oh, the two of wands. It's a very different tone altogether. Total whiplash. The two of wands is a journeyman's card. So it's a person facing away from us. Um, the viewers uh, standing between two wands wands are the house of work and creativity looking out over the horizon ready to go on their journey Um, they're preparing for a journey in terms of what the intention is here Um, they're taking in the scope of their land they're not entirely unprepared but they're certainly not a knight in shining armour rolling in confidently either Um, this is a card about somebody pacing themselves um, the wand, I love the house of wands, but after this card, the suite gets pretty ugly. There's a lot of drama in this suite. A lot of people hit each other, but this card is very balanced and very calm and kind of, I guess the word I would use is early. The figure has the world in his hand, but he's not playing with it. He's referencing it in order to move forward. He's sort of holding a globe and looking out over the sea and being like, okay, what am I going to do next? I can't tell you what that person is going to do next, but I do know that at this point they're planning. Wands representing work and creativity are nice as well, because as you can see, if you look very closely, the two wands have little little shoots, little green shoots Mm. coming out of them. So something is growing and something is starting, but it's not quite in full bloom just yet. Andrew, Go on. What were you going to say? No, I'm asking you, how would you interpret that? I feel like it's almost like laying the groundwork. The groundwork yes. is being done and for the future, for the future runs of things, shall we say. Mm. 
Absolutely. That's that's exactly it. It's a groundwork card. And I'm, I'm absolutely freaked out by <laughs> like this is like conversations we've been having and then like it's actually just too weird but look the tarot is 78 pictures of the story of life they're all happening to us all the time so that's the nice thing about it because the story has so many components it reflects almost everything from every day that's why it's powerful yeah. because the way that it's built is like a mirror of like many many pieces but like the, uh, you know. the thing is, right now, and I feel like people listening to this are going to be like, oh, they just picked them on purpose to reflect the people, whereas we actually haven't, which is why it's so scary. Well, the yeah. one thing that we did pick, pick was Sarah Maria Griffin, because we knew <laughs> that this person is extraordinarily talented as a reader and interpreter. So that's known which, <laughs> known which, notable which. Okay. Excellent. We've one more left. Uh, one more. Sinn Féin's Lynn Boylan. Okay, then. I'm going to give another shuffle just for audio audio effect because no messing. It took me so long to have tiny hands. So learning how to shuffle tarot cards was like a, a journey through wrist pain that I just didn't expect. <laughs> you know, can't quite do them like a Vegas dealer yet, but I imagine I'll get there at some point. All right. Here's our, our final, final candidate pal. card. More cups again. Ooh. That's such an interesting, it's so, when you see a pattern across a reading of a house recurring and recurring, I, I think that's always really interesting. This cup is, it's the three. It's a celebration card. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. They're having a great time in that card. <laughs> I love these girls. I love these girls, right? They are uh, celebrating each other. They're elevating each other. Uh, they are, um, this is a card about allowing yourself to enjoy yourself. Like at their feet, there's all this fruit. Um, they're sort of lost in a, in a dance together. Uh, they're celebrating each other's victories. Um, the sky is blue. And in the other cards that we've pulled, actually during this reading, the sky has been at dawn. It's been yellow. It's been black. It's been gray, but here it's blue. And I always try and pay attention to the visual aspects of this card. They're also wearing red in terms of if we're looking for different, uh, for different color patterns. Um, are there two figures in that card? Three, three. One one has her, one has her back to us. That would be Michelle, Mary Lou and Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) And they're cheersing each other. And, um, this is a card about, and, and honestly, a reading of this out of this, this context is that this is a card about friendship and support. Like this is a card about, um, oh, it's my sister phone calling me, speaking of friendship and support. My sister oh. just calling me through the, through the computer. Um, yeah, it's a card about elevating one another and um, being close to one another. So a card like this has a, like all cards have, like every story has two sides. Like I said about the Ten of Cups at first, there's always another side. There's always another side to this card too. Um, those three girls could tell each other anything and they could believe it. This is a card of covening, of pulling together, which is great for support. It's great to have people around you who tell you what you believe and who will celebrate you. But you have to make sure that your back isn't to everyone in the same way that these dancers are. It's also a card about excess and uh, overdue or over, um, is it overdue or like early celebration or Mm. being so excited by lifting glasses together that you forget what is going on outside. Uh, So there's two halves, two halves to this card. I love it. It's actually, it's one of my favorite cards because it's such a joyful image, but there's always a sting in the tail as well. Do you know what's mad about that card, Sarah, is that like that feels to me like the most ambiguous card the, mm. in in the in all of the ones that you've drawn, the one that's that's hardest to get underneath the skin of. Would that be fair? Yeah, it's an early like not unlike the two and the I suppose the nine. There are cards in the tarot that are more every day and less dramatic. Like when we saw Judgment and the Devil, those are pretty loud stories. Whereas the three cards like twos and threes and fours tend to be about much more 
every ordinary day. moments. Mm. Um, and not that doesn't make money less important. Mm. Um, but in terms of um, intention, this is a card about celebration and support. Right. You know, it's a card about, it is a card about victory, but just not a victory that is a person parading through the streets being covered in confetti. It's about private victory, which you celebrate with your cohort and your friends. Mm. Oh. So I guess like it's a bit I said, of a, like, that card feels quite clicky to me. Like they're in their own little kind of thing away from everyone. This is it. Like I said about the 10 of cups here with the three, who is not in the picture? Mm-hmm. These three people are having a great time and I'm happy for them. You know, I love these girls and they show up. I'm like, excellent pints. Um, but the back to us. Yeah, but the back like- to us is very, very interesting. Mm. They're busy, but they're not looking out at the world around them. Mm, interesting. They've, they've got loads, though. They've got loads of fruit. Like they are, they, they're doing good. Oh, you should see their Facebook ad spend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So many grapes. They paid so many grapes for that. So many pumpkins. My God. <laughs> that was so enlightening and insightful. Um, now you are going to move on and do the the bigger picture piece about the constituency and well, the election, the by-election itself, this um, three cards draw. Can you, can you, or three card spread? I am. Yeah. I'm just moving me. So can you fill us in on, on, on what, what that should show or what that demonstrates? What I'm going to do is this is the simplest spread of all. It just asks where we are now. Um, Tell me what I'll do. I'll do where we are now. What is in our way is what I'll do. And then where we are going to be. Mm -hmm. So query, problem, outcome is the way that that's structured. Right. And this intentionally um, expansive, I suppose, and that we're not asking any kind of direct things, that it's about the context of the election and the constituency and all the soup of the candidates and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I would say... A little bit like it can be, it can broaden it, its scope out to just how we are in Dublin now, mm-hmm. you know, and what yeah. this will mean for us, if anything, which is the hardest part of it, you know, will it mean change or not? So, put the cards and I'll see what they have to say. So, a little silence there for tension building. <laughs> the secrets in okay. the tower. So this is where we are now. This is our... Okay, so Andre has moved into chanting mode. Uh... Chanting's not bad. We like chanting. Chanting's good, man. Get deep deep into that. Big time. So where we are now, what's what's in our way and our outcome? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. Wow. This okay. is so tense. Go uh, on. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Um, cups again for where we are now. Cups, man, for days. Everyone is really emotionally heightened, I think, is what it is. I think it's that we're all extremely in our feelings after a horrendous 18 month. And this, if this is any other by-election, no one, no one would. Things feel more now. Is the answer. This card is two people. It's the two of cups, right? And yeah, it's the two of cups. These people are literally fucking socially distancing in this card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While drinking. They're, they're cheersing one another. It's a card about union and agreement. It comes just before the three of cups, which we just saw, which is interesting. Um, and out of their cups is a healing symbol. It's a symbol for medicine. Um. This card is sort of a low-grade lover's card. Like the lover's when it shows up is sort of, it does exactly what it says on the chain kind of card. It's two people celebrating, enjoying each other. And it's it looks quite like this. This card also looks quite like the devil, if you remember the one that we saw earlier, mm. where it's two people in union above a mythical figure. Um, so it, it's, it, 
it's sort of the junior card to both the lovers and the devil, but it's just, it's about agreement and about gathering and about two people putting their best interests uh, together Ooh. to gain something. However, like I said, it's only a two. It's not a major card. It's not, it's a card about the start of something. Could that so, be? This could be the start, but it's definitely not the end. And I, the end will be very interesting, I think, from what I've got here. Fianna Fall and Fianna Gael trying to get each other's transfers. Oh, yes. Some kind of election pact. It could be. It could be something to do with the kind of coalitions that we have experience with. Or maybe the left not a- are going to come together. Well, this is... I would say that then, which is so hopeful. But at the same time, our centre card here has come up inverted. So the cards that I was pulling earlier, I was pulling them all just from the deck as they were. But because this was a proper laid down reading, I was like, well, look, I'll, I'll read the inversions for this as well. And our center card, which was our problem, was the Empress reversed. Ooh. So here's the Empress reversed and what she looks like. I love her generally. Her. She's a, a major arcana card as well. So it's, it's getting loud. And our final okay. card is also a major arcana card. So while we might be starting small with the two of cups, we are getting real loud as it moves on. I love oh, the Empress. I love her. She's such a vibe, right? She's got a big floral mm-hmm. gown, a big chair. She's got a crown made of stars. She's got the big female sign. Yeah. Like she has everything she wants. Like she's, she's, um, her cornfield is like real tall around her. Like she's about harvest. She's about um, feminine leadership, I guess. A lot of the gender tro- the gender presentation in the tarot, especially in older versions of it, are, are very binary, which is slightly frustrating. Um, but the empress tends to represent a fairer leadership, oh. um, a more emotive leadership, um, a, but, a decadence but- and a luxury. The question I would say, though, is she's alone. Who's not there? And who's there you it? go. And what does it mean when it's inverted then? It goes back to exactly what Andrea just asked. Ah. When the Empress is inverted, she doesn't at all speak to decadence. She doesn't at all speak to luxury, to fertility, to plenty, to glamour. So is she this like that? More to austerity. Is this that there is a female figure who reflects some kind of austerity, maybe not in, you know, our most recent um, experience of that, but like austerity is a thing in the way of somebody else getting elected? Or is it like that, you know, it's notable that the person, the thing in the way is this female figure when we have when we've just gone through one, two, three, four, five, six female candidates and one male candidate. It's a fallen, it's a, it's, it's a, not a fallen woman, but it's a, it's the power and integrity and warmth. People come to see the Empress, you know, when she's upright, people visit her for advice and support and help. And she gives it to them. Like she's a generous figure in the tarot. And when she is upside down, she is not. Oh my God. She's cold. So that's uh, interesting. And it is followed immediately by our outcome, which is the emperor. (gasps) Oh, stop. Oh my God, it is. The the drama. I know, right? It goes so hard. (laughs) This deck is ridiculous. Every so often. Holy moly. It is a literal guy on a throne as the outcome. Yeah. He is, he quite literally in any book on the tarot that you read or any app or any condensed version of the tarot, he stands for patriarchy and leadership and uh, rules. Whenever I see him in a reading for people, I'm just, I always encourage people to push back against him. Sort of a, he shows up and like, oh, fuck that guy. You know, Sir, I so, cannot believe that like the empress and the emperor, like that there is this like inverted woman in as the main obstacle and then the outcome is the emperor. Yeah. So what we can deduce is James Gagan's getting the seat. Or a woman gets the seat because the emperor doesn't have to be a man. You don't have to be a man to uphold those values. 
You don't have to be a man to enforce the patriarchy or to like look out coldly and down on people. He's alone too. So that's interesting. That is just absolutely next sorry. level. I mean, just, <laughs> sorry, it's chilling. I, it is, I, I'm chi- like chilling. <laughs> and chilling. I heard both those cards are beside one another in the tarot. And I, I do a lot, I, I, I do a lot of shuffling. This deck is like, you were shuffling the entire the way through. I, I, and it's very uncommon that, that neighboring cards will show up in that way. Um, in the story of the major arcana, they are, you learn something every step of the journey. You know, the empress is three, the emperor is four. From what, what you learn from the empress, you can use to move along through and with the emperor. But because she's inverted here, um, yeah, that's not really the vibe you're looking for, is it? No, it's not. I, it's- that doesn't feel good at all, but it also feels unfortunately realistic because that is often what happens is the promise of like generous uh potentially radical feminine leadership is just the emperor in disguise god damn it i am chilled to the bone um you need a break It's very early in the morning for this now. So oh my I wish I'd better news for you. Wow. Well, that is uh, one of the most astute um, a, a, uh, pieces of analyses that I have uh, that I think will come out of this election. Um, what, whatever you feel about it, whether you want uh, the emperor sitting on the throne or the empress to represent something better than how they are inverted in the deck, um, I think what we can say is that it's looking good for James Gagan uh, on the uh, outcome of that um, as the uh, both Nine of Cups and the Ultimate Emperor or, or. a female uh, figure who um, uh, we, potentially we expect is more from. We expect more from. So uh, perhaps this this spread and these readings so expertly done by Sarah Maria Griffin are projecting even further into the future and what is to come, not just for the city, but for the country. Sarah Marie Griffin, you are a talented, brilliant, empathic soul. Thank you, Una. It was a delight. And an absolute boss woman witch as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Anytime you need me to look into the tarot and come back with some answers or further questions, I I am here. I'm on command. Do you do private readings? Yeah, yeah, I do. Generally, I do them um, for like, uh, I don't take an income from them. I do them for donations because I think this kind of magic work is the sort of thing that should be channeled back into into the community. But I do. Yeah. So if people want to get in touch with you to do it over Zoom. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. So have a chat to me. I'll see what I can fit in. I don't do them very often, but I it's I think it's a nice way to sort of link back in and do a bit of community service. So. Give me a shout. I'm on Twitter at Grifsky. (laughs) Thank you so much. Now, Andrea, what did you make of that? Like, it's fair to say my mind is blown. And the the whole time we were doing it, I was like, people aren't going to believe that we didn't pick these in advance. Like, I I was so paranoid the whole time because it was so the energy was so intuitive or something. Yeah. Sarah was so, and it kind of reflected conversations we've been having off air. Um, And when that comes back in your face from complete chance and cards and whatever, it's kind of a little disconcerting, isn't it? Yeah, because you're just going, you're just thinking about all of the other things that are uh, showing you what's happening that are often pushed away in favour of, you know, Ivan Yates saying who's going to win as if that's, uh, you know, a a valid uh, predictor or or any of the stuff that kind of comes into play when people are, um, you know, fronting as as harbingers of uh, the future. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty correct. What was interesting about it was 
in a visual way, it was on the nose, as Sarah said, in a kind of a literal interpretation way. It was so blatant what the cards were showing. And then in a broader way, it was kind of unnerving. And actually, you know, a lot of people think with this kind of stuff, it's real like confirmation bias stuff. But the final spread of what's actually going to happen um, really, I think, pulled the rug from underneath a lot of what we are maybe hopefully thinking for some people are or want to happen. And it's like, well, you know, that may not necessarily be the case or it's much more muddled and um, than, we, than people think, even if the a desirable outcome may actually turn out differently. As or well. maybe it's not muddled. Maybe it's written in the stars. And sometimes you try and change the pathway that the stars will not allow. So true. Um, I cannot wait for us to be hired as um, kind of backroom strategists now for government parties. I think it's pretty inevitable. Do a little draw, draw a card for me all in the morning. Um, you know, National Maternity Hospital. What about this? Um, <laughs> I can be with some fucking stars aligning. I tell you that. <laughs> Um, this, uh, oh, so by the way, um, we, we're going to do, obviously this is not a traditional episode. Uh, we're, are all of our little bits are also, will be coming over the next week or so or whatever, but all of our campaign news updates and all that kind of stuff. But we just thought we just, you know, let the tarot have its space in this episode. Um, Sarah Maria Griffin contributed her guest fee to Tanny. And in that spirit, we'd like to wish everyone a happy pride um, all of uh, the LGBTQIA plus um, buzzers listening in, have fun, stay safe, um, be proud of who you are. And uh, I am what I am. <laughs> that's Andrea Horn there, the dulcet tones. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Angry Mangan. Angry Mangan <laughs> by Andrew Mangan at Castaway Media. Girl. Crystal Clear gave us his uh, tuna chicken roll for our soundtrack. And Sarah Fox did all our design. Andre, do you have a magical, mythical tuna chicken roll you'd like to share with us this week? Uh, I feel like I should have something like Star Aligny, but in the spirit of um, it being pride, what about Tom Aspel close to me from Black Country Disco? Nice. I've been Nina Mullally. And I've been Andrea Horan. And that was... The tar- you skipped a line. This has been United Ireland. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was The Truth is in the Tarot. Bing! You think that you want me. You think that I'm worth your time. You said that you don't even know me. Mm-hmm. But you'll take a chance tonight. I Not who I'm supposed to be